When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Deep Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts Lost and Found. This is round number 12. We are looking at the year 1986. We are sharing our favorite songs, overlooked tracks, underrated tracks, songs that we really love. I'm here with my best friends from high school, Derek Brain, Bill Federko, Rich Air, Chris Nashawadi, and myself, Thomas Golovich. We're going to share a bunch of cool tunes from 1986 with you. Welcome to the show. So the year 1986 is an interesting one for us since we were all in high school together. We were all uh, catching a lot of shows, live shows together. We were uh, going record shopping together, True. Uh, kind of exchanging music. It's almost the, the birth of what is now 30 plus years later kind of continued this sort of sharing process and kind of turning each other onto cool tracks. Um, I hate to break it to you, Tom, 35 years later. Oh my God, that's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so 35 Christ, years. That's that, a long time. Oh, fuck. But good times. Good time. 35 years young. Yes, exactly. So this was junior year in high school. Rich had left. He had gone to Seattle, and we still tried to keep in touch. Uh, as Tom, we were talking before the show, we did not have email. We had to write letters to one another and send mixtapes and whatnot. And we also visited. I remember specifically visiting Rich uh, out in Seattle. visits, and yeah. I came back a couple times. So we stayed in touch. After 86, I think it kind of died down a little bit. And we went into, True. we had a little bit of hiatus. True. We went into all went to college and went separate ways a little bit. Yep. Yep. And look at us now. There you go. Well, let's talk about the year itself. So, Billy, I think you've got some facts on what was happening in 1986. Uh, I, I have the honors. I have the honors. So I did a little research and uh, not a lot of yucks in the year 1986. Um, I'll divide it up into the good, the bad, and the boring. Uh, the bad, there's some very bad. Uh, Chernobyl, the uh, nuclear power plant disaster, uh, the space shuttle Challenger explosion, uh, in a distant third, there was Mad Cow. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Uh, oh, Mad Cow. Mad Cow disease, yeah. Epidemic. Um, it was not the sequel to Orwell's uh, Animal Farm, but no, Mad Cow was a disease. Um, it seems anyway. quaint. It seems quaint <laughs> in comparison to COVID. It does. Yeah. I'm still not allowed to donate blood because of that Mad Cow stuff, because I spent too much time in England around that time. I'm kidding. Get out. Get out. The statute of limitations hasn't uh, <laughs> lapsed yet on that? It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> Madness. So let's get the bad out of the way. We're, we're moving on. Let's move on to the what was the boring. And the boring, what was going on in the charts. Uh, Billboard charts were just lame. I mean, it was at the top, you had Dionne Warwick and her friends, her friends being Gladys, Elton, and Stevie, uh, with the song, That's What Friends Are For. Uh, Lionel had Say You, Say Me. Eddie Murphy had party all the time, although that that is a guilty pleasure of mine. I think Nash has a soft spot for that. Oh, one too. big soft spot. Yep. <laughs> uh, Peter Etcetera or Peter Cetera uh, had Glory of Love. Uh, 
Billy Ocean when the going gets Wait, tough. Wait, was Glory of Love uh, the soundtrack to a Karate Kid movie? Oh. I feel like it was. I think it was like the big hit of a Karate Kid movie. Let's get an intern on that, Joel. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure we'll have something at the break. Um, when when the tough gets going, or no, when the going gets tough, the tough get going, that horrible Billy Ocean song. Um Papa Don't Preach, and uh, you also had two songs from Mr. Mister, the uh, very cleverly named Mr. Mister, uh, Broken Wing and uh, Kiri. So I think you get the idea. It's a real snooze on the pop charts. It does. It does seem like this year where there's just such a huge chasm between how sort of uncool the stuff is at the top of the charts and how amazingly cool some of the stuff bubbling up from the yeah. underground is. The, the, there's a reason we went searching the underground and looking for alternative music, because the charts were just lame. So, let's turn to the good. Um, I'll get to the music in a second, but uh, another great aspect of 86 was with the comedies. We had we had Back to School, we had Three Amigos, Derek's favorite, Soul Man. Hey. Um, <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> a great story of how a young man used tanning pills to get into law school. Um, <laughs> and speaking of problematic, Derek, your other uh, favorite, The Cosby Show was the biggest hit oh that year. <laughs> oh. Leave him alone. <laughs> Getting hung out, to, hung out to dry. Derek, oh, don't gosh. say anything. We've already had some libel issues. So <laughs> our lawyers are advising you not to comment. <laughs> we don't want to get canceled already. Uh, uh, moving on. Uh, Pretty in Pink. And Ferris Bueller, two huge movies for us. For people who can see us in the background, I have Ferris Bueller's room um, as my virtual background here on Zoom. He had the best bedroom, you know, with with Simple Minds posters, Brian Ferry posters. And Flesh for Lulu. Lulu. Didn't expect yeah. that. And for the those British. who can't see him, you've just wasted 10 seconds of their time. <laughs> Cabaret Voltaire. <laughs> yeah. Um, also great, you know, great soundtracks for both of those. I think those were just... Uh, a highlight for me, um, on TV, we had 120 minutes. Uh, I'm sure that show was equally important for you guys. I mean, that was our source for new music, really, in those days. I mean, MTV, you tune in midnight on Sunday, uh, Sunday to 2, and if, or if you didn't stay up, you'd put it on your, your VCR and record it. Uh, but that show was just amazing, and it had a great little run, uh, and that was, you know, essential viewing, for me at least. Uh, I loved it. It started, I think, with J.J. Uh, Jackson was the first VJ. Then it was Kevin Seal, and then it was all our favorites, Dave Kendo. Dave Kendo. <laughs> with that great accent. And then there were all the great albums that came out there and all the concerts we attended, like R.E.M. and The Smiths and Echo and the Bunnymen and The Cure and Mighty Lemon Drops. I mean, if we weren't going to the Orpheum, we were going to the Wang Center, and then we were going to Great Woods. Um, it was just awesome. Um, huge releases like Queen is Dead. Uh, by the Smiths, of course, Life's Rich Pageant, R.E.M., Depeche Mode, Black Celebration, New Order, Brotherhood. Uh, the Cure had that great compilation, Staring at the Sea. So musically, it was it was fantastic, at least uh, in the alternative scene. So let's see if uh, any of these uh, big alternative releases get talked about tonight. Yeah, let's uh, move forward. Chris, do you want to do the opening pick for 1986? Oh, wow. Look at that. Okay, sure. Um, he wasn't ready. I know. I'm always ready. Let's go with... Uh, <laughs> 
Let's go with a song that is a live song, but isn't. It is uh, Joe Jackson from his album, Big World, which is a three-sided album, two vinyl platters, and the second side of the second LP was completely blank. So if you put your needle down on it, it just went right to the middle, um, <laughs> which is strange. Um, it went right to the middle quickly? or Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, because it didn't want to waste, you know, your needle or whatever. So strange. So, yeah, it was like they thought about it. So, uh, anyway, this is a great album, um, and it was recorded live at the Roundabout Theater in New York City, but the audience was told to not applaud or make any noise, really, until the end of the show. Um, he want, Joe Jackson wanted to record it in a live setting and have that energy um, and spontaneity, but not... Uh, he wanted it to be a, a nice, clean recording. So it's a great album. It sounds terrific. And um, the song I'm going to play is Wild West. It's uh, Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 12, 1986 is the year. There's a trail that leads somewhere And a call of the wild that takes some people there Through Monument Valley to California sun From New Amsterdam to the way the West was won Wow, years will go by when you won't get nowhere You're cold and you're tired and you're free and you don't care Pushing on when your friends keep turning back And you keep building towns and laying railroad track And things get crazy and you have to use that gun And you wonder if this is the way the West is won But keep thinking that way and you won't get nowhere Cause you gotta ride just to get where you're going to Gotta keep running, gotta be the best Gotta walk on the wild west Oh, 
tonight and you hope they're not for you Cause a dog eats a dog and he eats his master too In the land of the free and the not so often brave There's both love or money, now choose what you will say incredibly polite audience right yeah i know a very obedient audience who said no that's fine we we won't applaud yeah <laughs> you don't want to be on the receiving end of a withering glance from joe jackson no, no. yeah so yeah. true but that, but that is a way to introduce new material you tell the fans i don't want you to clap okay you're gonna hear songs you've never heard before and i'm sure you'd be raving about them but right. don't clap it's okay. Just don't clap. I'm asking you for me. Do you know if this recording was uh, was it a new song at the time? All of this was new, right? Yeah, it was all new stuff. Yeah. So the whole record was it was a debut of the whole record. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And um, I pulled out the record while we were playing it, and Chris is absolutely correct. Side four says there is no music on this side. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Um, and then it's got uh, pages and pages of liner notes because it's in, a, a, you know, like five different languages. A big, mun I mean, grande mundo, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but great pick, Chris. I love it. Great Thank pick. Thank you. Rich, why don't you, uh, let's go counterclockwise today. Rich, what's your uh, pick? Sure. Uh, first pick, we're waiting for this band to come up with a, this guy, I guess, to come up with another album for about three years. And it didn't disappoint. Who's the guy? I know who it is. May not have been as, I think our expectation levels were pretty high. And they came out with Infected in 1986. Of course, I'm talking about the the Matt Johnson. Yes. Um, he hadn't done anything for three years. So I, I remember being really excited about this album. I, I still love this album. but um, I bought it with you, Rich, at the Tower Records in Seattle. I bought it with you. Oh. Yeah. Good memory. Was in a, it was an essential visit. And I, I actually bought a four by six poster of this album, which ended up taking to college the next year and scaring my freshman roommate. And he ended up nice. leaving within three months. Nice. <laughs> but was it the album cover or something else? It was the actual album cover. Nice. Yeah, the, uh, the Andy Johnson artwork. Right. As opposed to, say, the, the devil masturbating, which I think I've referenced in another show. <laughs> uh, he also released uh, videos for every song on this album. Yes. At the same time. And they're all pretty weird. And I don't think they were particularly very good. But it turns out he was fairly wasted the entire in all of the videos. Uh, I still have the VHS. I don't have anything to play it on, though. Mercy Beat. Yeah, he filmed in Peru. He was doing ayahuasca and <laughs> vodka and bad combination. And then the communist rebels down there apparently invaded one of the shoots. I don't know. It sounded chaotic. <laughs> Good times. Bonkers. But um, kind of stuff you'd expect. Uh, but I picked sort of a more of a sweeter song on the album. And it's about sort of the inadequacies of the male in a relationship. <laughs> 
Well said. Okay. But it also, the video and the song includes Nina Cherry, which is yes the lovely Nina Cherry, which is why I wanted to give a little shout out to her as well. Um, there's so many good songs in this album, and obviously Infected and Heartland, great songs and Sweet Bird of Truth. But I chose Slow Train to Dawn. Nice. So whenever you're ready, Thomas, take it away. It's Deep Cuts. so incredibly mature if you think about like how much evolution happened in the records from like you know burning blue soul we had talked a little bit about that record and how experimental and raw it was and then True. you know going to soul mining and then this just feels huge it just feels like a yeah he's a ripe old age of 25 when he this album came out i think yeah 
It's incredible. He went really big on this one. Mm-hmm. And I remember like we used to get bootlegs of the uh, of the videos and it was kind of like this incredibly cool thing because it was pretty audacious to have a video for every single song on the album. And like you said, he was traveling around the world. So it was kind of like right. this real sense of like size and scale. It was kind of a, it was like our favorite band suddenly went big, which was kind of a neat part of 86 for us. Right. And I saw him and he came to UMass. In 87. Oh, really? Uh, which was just a great show. Did anybody, was anyone there with me? No. I don't know if any of you guys made it to that, but uh, it was just phenomenal. His Sweet Bird of Truth was a, a, like a high point, you know. Uh, it seems so timely then, and it still feels timely. Just an amazing, amazing record. Yeah, well, I'll take the next spot. Um, basically, one of the things that's really fun is sort of seeing um, how artists who are uh, based out of Los Angeles kind of navigate their careers and, and move into new directions. And one of the the folks that like I think I probably picked up on a little bit late, but then really enjoyed is uh, Wall of Voodoo, and um, there was a solo record that came out a little bit after that by um, Stan Ridgeway, and this is a song from his uh, it's essentially his his debut as a solo artist, even though I'd say the Wall of Voodoo was kind of almost like a solo project, or it certainly wasn't a full band project. But this is a track called Drive. She said this is Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round Twelve, nineteen eighty six is the year. Some kind of tropical island someplace 
incredibly hooky little guitar lead on that thing it's just got such momentum to it indeed and i love the lyrics love the sort of noir you know personality of it oh yeah but great storytelling yeah just a, a fun and compelling track from his uh, debut album as a solo artist stan ridgeway and the track uh she drive she said from the big heat yes good one uh if you guys remember the movie Rumblefish, was that 83? Yeah. I was, you know, I was a huge fan of the police. And Stuart Copeland did the song Don't Box Me In and had Stan Ridgeway sing and play harmonica on it. It's a great song. It's a great song. So that was like the first time I remember hearing Stan without Walla Voodoo. Right. Well, Derek, let's uh, move on to the next spot. All right. So, you know, this time in our lives, you know, you're a junior in high school, there's just you know, there's so much going on in terms of how you're changing as a person and trying to figure out who you're going to be. And the music that you're listening to around this time, for some of us, just sort of carves a permanent groove in your psyche. And sometimes for that process, these songs, these bands are just the soundtrack to that process. And other times they're an integral part of that process. Music and people that give you an idea of the wider world outside of where you've been growing up. And Life's Rich Pageant from R.E.M. was definitely that for me. Um, there was something so different about it and that felt so kind of specifically speaking to me in a way that I didn't even understand. But when I went back and listened to this song uh, and this whole album, it just brought me right back to that time that was really exciting and really scary. Um, and I love this whole record. I love this era of R.E.M., you know, Murmur, Reckoning, uh, Fables of the Reconstruction uh, are just such kind of important records in the kind of forming of of my life. Um, and uh, I know this song just struck me and um, it's a song called Hyena from R.E.M.'s Life Rich Pageant. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found. Thank you. 
Anybody have a recall of uh, us uh, hearing REM live? Because I remember seeing them a couple times live, but I'm trying to think of a specific one. Yes. So I'm at the Wang Center in 1986. I'm almost 100% positive. Yep. Yeah, I think I can still, I picture, I can picture that in my head. Was he wearing like a trench coat at a certain point, like a tan? He still had hair. Trench coat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. You're right. Good call. I, I don't know. I want to say the feel he's opened up. That sounds right. That sounds about right. Yeah, that yeah, sounds about right. All right. I want to say it, and I w- and so I will. Yeah, um, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we? We saw them again in college, too, I think. Yes. With, with yeah. Some of you guys, I, I, I remember meeting in Connecticut, like Hartford or New Haven or somewhere. 10,000 Maniacs opened up. That's right, yeah. Yeah. That would I have been that. for for what album? Document? Document. Harvard's, yeah. uh, Hartford Civic Center. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Recall. Okay. To your God. Well done. Excellent. Very impressive. This is the Brian Adams album, though, as as Peter Buck called it. Um, he he seems to mock every record he makes. You know, at, right after it comes out, he's always like, oh, "That album sucks." You know, uh, <laughs> I I think it's a great album. It is a little more direct than the first three, uh, but it's incredibly powerful. And I think Derek said it like every song is good. So yeah, I don't think you can go wrong with it. Well, Billy, then you can uh, follow it up from there. All right. I will follow it up with an even better song. Oh, my um, goodness. Hey, what? And I can't take all the credit for this. The chameleons deserve a lot of credit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to choose the chameleons, obviously, uh, from their third record, Strange Times. Um, and sadly, their last record, they took like 13 years off after that, after the death of their manager. But this is from their third record. Uh, like I said, uh, Strange Times. I'm choosing the song Soul in Isolation. Uh, the comedians are from Manchester, and I think, you know, this song, this, this this podcast, we talk about what's underrated or overlooked, and Chameleons, to me, are one of the most underrated and overlooked bands, uh, given how amazing they were. Here, here, Great album. I know they get respect, and, and they were certainly influential with, with subsequent bands, Oasis, The Verb, Moby, Interpol, all of them name-checked the Chameleons, but you just don't. You don't know that many people who, who have appreciated this album and had a chance to. It's just amazing. Uh, I'm going to play Soul in Isolation. Uh, I think it's the post-punk message in a bottle. 
Sting sang, I send out an SOS to the world, and Mark Burgess sings, I'm alive in here, we're all souls in isolation. The uh, song was uh, loosely based on the Star Rover by Jack London, a book I did not know about, but uh, that'll be in the further reading uh, portion of the show. Uh, But the Star Rover is a novel by Jack London, like I said, and it's about this torture device. A guy is in San Quentin, and he puts on, I think it's basically a straitjacket, but they call it a torture device, called the jacket. And um, it just compresses your whole body, and any time you, uh, you know, struggle against it, it only gets worse. So uh, to try to withstand the torture, he would just imagine himself, you know, floating among the stars. So anyways, this inspired Mark Burgess, and... um, I'm going to shut up because this song is just so amazing, and I hope we can play as much as possible, although it is a very long song. But this is The Chameleon's Soul in Isolation. The year is 1986. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 12.
can't overstate how huge this record was for all of us yes. and how many times we listened to this record yes. over and over and over again and what a transportive experience it was from beginning to end. Like this is a record that I don't even think of them as individual songs. It's like the Strange Times album. And no. we talked also about the, the two records. Like we had the full album and then we were also, I think if we were lucky, bought the version that had the bonus tracks on it. Correct. Yeah. Oh. yeah. The bonus track included uh, the cover of The Beatles, Tomorrow Never Knows. Oh, such a good song. Yeah. Bowie, uh, John, I'm Only Dancing. And then it had Paradiso and Inside Out. And am I forgetting one? Maybe. But it was. It was, it was seismic, you know, just this sort of... Yeah. The density of it and the effects on the guitars, just were things that I hadn't heard before. And just, you know, also just the total heart on heart on the sleeve yes. kind yeah. of delivery yeah. of him really kind of hit me in my uh, 17-year-old self. <laughs> it was, you know, right, right on target. Yeah, I think any of us could have picked this song. I'm just lucky the one I was the one who got to do it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. a truly, truly beautiful piece of music and uh, just an unforgettable record. So, yeah, if there's... If we can make one Chameleons fan tonight. Yes. <laughs> we've, we, we've accomplished something. And what a great journey. You can start with their last record and then you can work your way backwards, yeah. which is so satisfying. So there you have it. Uh, Chris, we are turning to you. Where would you like to take us for our second round? Okay, let me see. Um... I am going to go with an album that couldn't be less of a deep cut. Um, it's, it's Peter Gabriel's So, which was one of the big... Right, challenge. Hold on. Just hear me out. <laughs> hear my argument. So um, the uh, album itself was a huge you know, hit, and there are a lot of really big MTV sort of songs on it, like Sledgehammer and uh, Big Time and um, In Your Eyes and all of those. Red Rain. Red Rain. Um, Red Rain. But it's not like, I think Peter Gabriel gets a lot of flack because the album did so well that it's almost like people sort of held him responsible for that in some way. Like, it, that was not cool. Right. Um, but it's not an album that tries to be commercial. It's not, I think people forget that there's like a duet with Laurie Anderson on it, you know, <laughs> which couldn't be, is not like the step someone takes if they want to like sell a ton of records. Um, uh, so, Madonna, Laurie Anderson. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, this, I, I, one of my favorite songs of this record was not a single, was not a hit. And um, it really showcases um, just how great Daniel Lanois production on this album is. And it's called That Voice Again. So, Thomas, take it away. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round 12. I hear that sharp tongue talking 
Shout out to some of the musicians on this song because if anything that Peter Gabriel is astonishing at, it's finding talent and just yes. bringing them to the best of their powers. But but no Stuart Copeland on this one, correct? No, it's Manu Kache on the drums okay. and percussion. Yep. Tony Levin on bass. David Rhodes, his longtime guitarist uh, on guitar. Uh, Daniel Lamwa playing on this thing. El Shankar and Peter playing uh, Prophet, piano, percussion, CMI. 
just a stunning song. It's probably, I think, one of my favorite uh, produced records. Like if you listen to a record of how yeah. perfectly produced it is, how the songwriting, the musicians, um, the performance, and the recording all perfectly merge together. It so is just such an incredible record. I, I so agree with you that it's it, people dismiss it because of its popularity. And the truth is, it is one of the great records of our time. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that it had been so long since I listened to it that even the songs that I was so sick of the first time around really aged well, having not heard them in a really long time. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. the, like big time. It's just a fantastic song. Hi there. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, no, I, I totally, I think this record um, is almost a casualty of its own success in a way. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah, great pick, Grit. I would also posit that possibly so was the reason Ian McCullough quit Echo and the Bunny Man. But because we can get to that in we can get to that in the nineteen eighties. Interesting. Week, yeah, oh, oh, teaser. No, no, no. You can't just drop that. I think we need to get to that on the nineteen eighty seven show. Stay tuned. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All Come right. back next week, everybody. Real <laughs> teaser. Real teaser. We will discuss more. I don't know. I have I have an admission to make. I, I I've never owned this record. Oh, How is that I possible? Think, I don't I just absorbed so much of it through the ether that uh <laughs> I just didn't feel the need for it. It's like he had it. I know. Well, maybe I'll have to, maybe it deserves a, a refresh. Yeah. Maybe I'll pick it up and, and try to listen to it with fresh ears. But I think at this time I was like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Well, Rich, where would you take us? Okay. Yeah. Um, really quick. Uh, Derek mentioned the angst and terrifying in high school, junior year. Um, just reminded me of those days that I sort of blocked out being, you know, <laughs> transported from one high school to another across the country junior year. Um, pretty funny. Everyone thought I'm a little bit quieter than maybe a Rob Feldman or something less, a little, a little less gregarious. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. So's Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Didn't make so many friends quickly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not everyone could work a, uh, a cafeteria like Rob. This Rich. is another mutual friend of ours who's not yeah, right. on this podcast should at the be moment. Noted. Yes. <laughs> but here in spirit, yes. Rob Feldman, class president. Someone said to me about three months after school started that they thought I was a German exchange student. <laughs> <laughs> Neither. Richard. Oh, no. I love it. Oh, no. It was all pretty terrifying. I, I hear you, Derek. It was It was a strange time. Um, I wondered why they kept asking me for chocolate every day. <laughs> <laughs> so the next song, I wanted to pick something fun. And uh, this is a fun band. Love them. This is their debut from their debut album. Uh, jangly, fun. The lyrics are sarcastic. Everything I'm sort of looking for at this point in my life. Um, <laughs> and uh, this is the House Martins debut album. And the song is Sitting on the Fence, which sort of describes me as well. <laughs> I can't make decisions. I'm fairly unopinionated on things, unless it comes to soccer. Or music. Or music. So the House Martins, yeah, Paul Heaton, uh, lead singer, Yep. Went on to form uh, Beautiful South, which was another yeah. band I'd forgotten that I liked. And I, you know, just researching, looking back at the House Martins, listened to some Beautiful South, and that's a great album. But what I didn't realize was the bass player, yeah. Norman Cook, uh, Norman Cook, yes. is Fat Boy Slim. I did not know that. Well, he wasn't at the time. <laughs> he was not, and he reinvented himself. But the House Martins, together, those two created two great albums over 86 and 87. Yeah. Um, and then went on to do went their separate ways but created some other beautiful music as well so um enjoyed house spartans and my choice is sitting on a fence it's deep cuts 
Such an amazing debut because it's like it's they started the band as buskers. Basically, it was uh, Stan Cullimore and Paul Heaton, and they were basically I could see that right. Yeah, Yeah. and then they brought in the other guys, and the 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 opening record. I love the title, London Zero Hull Four, which is just kind of good score. What a nice, what a nice little nose up at London, and not a lot of offense from London. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think it was referencing that there are four great bands at the time from Hull and none from London. Oh, really? That's great. Oh, we're we're getting Uh the inside scoop from the German exchange student. (laughs) The other band, I can't remember. I remember everything but the girl was the other band from Hull at the time, but I can't remember what the other two, but that was, that's the story. Oh, we're going to have to research that. Totally. That's the story. Four bands from Hull. Uh, But yeah, his voice, he does those, this, like this kind of heavy grinding songs, but he also does a bunch of gospel type yes. songs. He's a very soulful singer. He's got a unique sound. Well, Bo- is Bowie from Hull? Hmm. I thought it was from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> True. That was Ziggy. That was Ziggy. I think Bowie and Mick Ronson, if the if the Googles are accurate. Uh, House Martins, David Bowie. I could definitely see Mick Ronson being from Hull. Yeah. Fine Young Cannibals. That feels about right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to keep the energy up with a band that I, I also really love and also super energetic and just make you feel joy all the time. And it's the Wooden Tops. Uh, yes. They released their debut album, Giants. Uh, I think a couple of years before this, we heard the first EP, which well, well, well. we listen well, 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 which we listened to so much. And then when this record happened, this is uh, Rollo McGinty is the lead singer. He sings and uh, plays guitar, and uh, he was previously in the Wild Swans and Jazz Butcher. This is his project, and uh, I just love it. It's amazing. It's so good, and uh, I just think it's one of those bands that people don't talk about very much. So in our our, our valiant effort to introduce you to things you may not know, here's the Wooden Tops. The song is called Traveling Man. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 12, 1986 is the year.
drummer a headband it's sweaty chugga chugga how fun would that be to watch live man alive yeah oh. the hypno beat of the wooden tops so true all right mr dark brain you can uh, lead us forth where would you like to take us well you know um you and rich have been really kind of bringing us this sort of high energy stuff i'm gonna bring us all the way down <laughs> All right. Um, you guys have been having too good a time. Yeah, you've been having far too good a time. Um, I want to play a, just an absolutely devastating song from uh, Billy Bragg from his Talking to the Taxman about poetry record. Um, Billy Bragg is ostensibly known as a political songwriter, but, you know, a lot of his fans know that some of his love songs and his non-political stuff is... Even better. Some of our favorite songs, yeah. you know. And... I know this is one of the few songs that I can think of that has like really made me almost weep. Uh, it's just almost such a tough song. Everybody, almost. It's made, no, I mean, it literally made me made me cry. This song, um, and it's just got such an amazing first line. With the money from her accident, she bought herself a mobile home, so at least she could get some enjoyment out of being alone. Um, you know, it's just so much. Tells a story right there. Yeah. It tells a story. I mean, it's like, you know, the first sentence of a Raymond Carver short story or something. But, you know, it's really rough song about uh, domestic abuse and violence. But it also has the story of the redemptive power of music and how this the woman in this story turns to you know, Motown and the Four Tops and, uh, you know, Levi Stubbs, uh, who's part of the name of the song, is from the Four Tops. And uh, it just always gives me chills. Um, it's uh, Levi Stubbs' Tears by Billy Bragg from Talking to the Taxman About Poetry. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 12. 
and beautiful i love how you can hear his his fingers on the guitar strings that's always been my yes. favorite yeah. thing about him squeaking up and down yeah, yeah. it's really nice he, he he makes music out of the you know the, the the sound of your fingers running across the chords and the little you know uh, yeah. that you get just you know when you hit hit kind of dead notes and stuff he, he does an awesome job of that i love the way his guitar is recorded and, and it reminds me again of the simplicity of all the elements. He gets every element just right. Like he's such an economy of scale. It's like his, just his voice and a guitar, which is almost his entire career basically. And then these little tiny accents on these songs and the songwriting is so precise and so moving and oh, so considered. He's just really special. Billy Bragg, man. Great pick. Did you know that uh, Norman Cook from, you know, the House Martins, sampled this song in the song Won't Talk About It. Oh, so didn't just, know Oh, really? I'll have to look at that. This has turned into quite the little Norman Cook show. <laughs> it really has. I know, Norman Cook night. A lot of Fat Boy Slim Talk tonight. 
Well, I mean, earlier you mentioned uh, the Feelies, who were produced by Peter Buck, who was in REM. So again, I think that's maybe the connection between those two bands performing. Yeah, everything. Everything's just connected tonight. And I'll even connect the next band to something I played earlier. How's that? Ooh, nice segue. That was beautiful. Go for it. All right. Hey. What do you got? That wasn't even planned. Um, you know, my first... <laughs> None of this is planned. <laughs> yeah, right. Point. <laughs> Excellent point, Chris. Um uh, so my first pick was a underrated and overlooked artist, The Chameleons. My second one is not so much overlooked and underrated, but totally forgotten. Uh, and I'm talking about Easter House, who actually um, opened for The Chameleons once upon a time. Uh, and I think fans of The Chameleons will like this song. Um, choosing a song from Easter House's first album, Contenders, which is really the only album there is you need to find. I think Andy Perry, the lead singer, the vocalist, the writer, left the band shortly thereafter. And he really didn't do anything that good after this but this is the great album easter house contenders i'm choosing the song out on your own alienated labor never sounded so good i mean this song <laughs> is just muscular it's explosive it's urgent um you know and he's just lashing out at the, the profiteers and union the labor everybody no one's helping the working man because you're out on your own and so uh here we go keeping with the theme of alienation uh easter house out on your own it's deep cuts Yeah. 
Pretty good, right? Pretty good. Damn, I forgot about that. Right? I forgot about those guys. Forgotten. Totally forgot. I know. He. I mean, the second it started, though, when he's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, this one. I love this one. I, but uh, yeah, I hadn't heard this in years and years, but it was really exciting yeah. to hear again. It's yeah. great. It fell into the ashy. Yeah, I don't know why this song did. People forgot this band. That is a fiery song. Yeah. Indeed. Also, an incredible string of rhymes. Yes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> man. Police accountability, new nuclear <laughs> defense strategy, just few, foolish ideology. I can't even sing it. Foolish ideology has made this fight a mockery. I wonder, I wonder if you played this for some, you know, progressive guy in, yeah. in uh, England now, whether they would say, like, nothing's changed. This guy's saying exactly what I'm saying today. He's sort of talking about, you know, the Labour Party wanting his vote, but being sort of disappointed by what they've done for them yeah. before. I, yeah. You know, I wonder whether this is just sort of one of those political songs where it's like, not enough has changed. Right. Same song, next verse. Same song, you know, could be coming out this year. Four decades later. Here we are. Yeah. Yeah. It does remind you of how many of the bands that we've listened to tonight are really thoughtful about politics and about personal responsibility. And, you know, we just had Billy Bragg in here and we had, you know, the chameleons who are, you know, deeply emotional and very, very, you know, specific about what they're expressing. And obviously, uh, you know, we talk about the wooden tops, probably not so much, but maybe the house Martins, for example, are like a weird mixture of Christianity and, and Marxism. And, yes. you know, these are young people who are writing these songs and it's kind of amazing at how beautiful these anthems are and how much they resonated with us at the time period too yes sir well let's uh quickly talk about uh, further listening so uh of all the great records we've heard uh chris do you want to open up and give us uh, your suggested further listening an album that you think people should listen to from the year 1986 why don't we come right back to me and okay, i fair will enough. give it a second thought mr richard Eyre, why don't you uh, start off with further listening what would you recommend as a record to listen to sure i, I was gonna put a song on the playlist tonight, but I couldn't find it on Spotify. And I, but I have the vinyl. Uh, it is by the Fountainhead. Oh, what rhythm method? Uh, rhythm method. Yeah, uh, it has some great Irish dance pop sort of band that I was into. I remember I dug out the vinyl. Uh, Feel it now is on there, and uh, Rhythm Method were the singles, I believe. Bill, you might so good now. So good now. You might have it right there. I have two. <laughs> <laughs> I have two of them. All right. Well, I've got two different releases. It's not, it's not a double, but I have two different ones. How about that? Great. Well, that's my recommendation, The Fountainhead. Nice. Very nice. There you are. Very nice. The Fountainhead. Yeah. Hard to find. Hard to find, unless you come to Bill's basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm inviting anyone. <laughs> You'll never leave. <laughs> what would you like to recommend, Billy? Oh, okay, me. Um, Not visiting him at home. That's what he'd like to recommend. <laughs> I'm going to recommend uh, Colin Newman. Um, I always come back to Colin Newman. Um, I'm going to re recommend Commercial Suicide, which was, uh, I think, his fourth album. Uh, Colin Newman is, of course, from the band Wire. And uh, this is a massive change in style for him. Um, it's sort of chamber music in a way. There's no drums. Uh, it was a real discovery when I first heard it. It's It still sounds uh, very new and beautiful to me. Uh, it's a double entendre. It's either a career ender, a commercial suicide, or it's a more commercial version of the band suicide. You choose. Uh, so that's my further listening pick. <laughs> very nice. Right. Derek. Uh, I'd like to recommend a one-off project by Ian McKay and Jeff Nelson of Minor Threat. Um, 
once Minor Threat ended, they were found themselves in London and uh, just did a quick one-off project, uh, Seven Inch, just two songs on it, uh, Me and You and We All Fall Down. Um, I think they were recording it around Easter time, so they called the project Egg Hunt. Um, but it's uh, a couple of really great songs, and it kind of gives you a hint in the direction that um, Ian McKay is going to go once uh, he starts Fugazi. So that's uh, Egg Hunt. Very nice. Chris? Um, I'm going to choose something that was so obvious, it was right in front of me that I didn't see it. And that is um, probably my favorite song of the 80s, uh, favorite album of the 80s, um, XTC's Skylarking. Nice. Um, nice. Which is just... Uh, one of the all-time great headphone records produced by Todd Rundgren. Um, it's, you know, it's like this pastoral sort of epic and it's, the instrumentation is so lush, it's playful and deep, and it's just a, like a feast for your ears. I love it. I think it's terrific. Um, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Great recommendation. Agreed. Excellent. I'm going to drop Talk Talks, The Color of Spring. Oh, God, another oh. great one that we Class. failed to mention. Yeah. And I did not play it tonight because it just the vibe wasn't there. But my God, I love this album from the very depths of my soul. Right. Uh, right. It's the st third studio album from uh, the English band Talk Talk. Uh, it was a huge step away from the kind of synth pop sound that they've been pursuing up to that point. They were using organic instrumentation. All the songs were written by Mark Hollis and Tim Freeze Green. Uh, it is just a stunning album. It's uh, it's an album that I go back to all the time, and I've listened to it probably about as much as I've listened to any record in my lifetime. Uh, well, maybe with Spirit of Eden kind of neck and neck and uh, and laughing stock in there as well. But It's really the transitional album between absolutely. their sort of early career and then those sort of orchestral later albums, Laughing Stock and Spirit of Eden. I mean, it's really, it's got, it's got some sort of. It's got both. Not top 40 songs, but like, you know, Life's What You Make It is like, you know. Got more had of a, a video pop sensibility it. than, yeah, I mean, like, say, Ascension Day from Laughing Stock. Right, yeah. right. It's really, it's a great bridge album. It's really, um, I think it's in a way almost like OK Computer in that sense. It's like, it's the sort of uh, moment when a band goes from being really good to following their vision to becoming great. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I couldn't agree with you more on that one, Tom. And I think it's their most beloved record. On Twitter, for example, that we had some votes about it, and mm -hmm. uh, it won every time it challenged another record from their catalog. Uh, and uh, I've been doing a countdown of top talk talk songs on Twitter. Um, and this leads me right into social media. Okay? Yes. So check us out on Twitter, at New Wave Deep Cuts. Check us out on Patreon. Uh, Deep Cuts Lost and Found. We'd love for you to uh, join us for our bonus round where we do another round of this. We each get one more selection uh, and get a little loopy. Uh, it's a good time. So check us out on social media. Like I said, Twitter. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. Am I missing something? Uh, and again, Patreon. Check us out. The Wooden Tops follow us. So, oh, there you go. Uh, what are you waiting for? If the Wooden Tops <laughs> can follow us, why can't you? Exactly. Well, one of the cool things that we do is we do a vote at the end of the show in which each of us gets to select the deep cut that we are most excited about. Maybe it's the deepest cut. Maybe it's the one that resonates with us the most personally. Uh, we cannot vote for our own song, but we have to vote for one of our buddies here. And so we're about to do that. So everybody go ahead and pop into the chat and put in what you think is going to be your pick. One, two, three, click. It's a tight one. 
But it looks like Derek with Levi Stubbs Tears, the yep. one downer of a song. Just made it, I know. Oh. It made all of us almost cry. You guys are doing everything you can to bring us up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to bring us down. Who would have guessed? All right, so Derek gets to be the lead off hitter. I, I just wanted to be acknowledged. I did get votes for Easter House, by the way. Hey, great. Great job. <laughs> That's terrific, Bill. We'll make a footnote of that, okay? We'll give you a big runner-up attaboy surprise. Also ran. <laughs> I want my trophy. How's that 40% feel? All right. So come on back. Join us on uh, the Patreon for our bonus round from 1986 on behalf of Derek Brain, Bill Federko, Rich Air, Chris Nashawati, and myself, Thomas Golovich. This has been Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 12, 1986 is the year. Really appreciate you hanging out with us, and we'll catch you guys all soon. Peace. Adios. Ha, ha, ha.